You got really close. That's fine that you're close. It's probably better. Oh, I do this all the time. I do. I do all the time. No, stay close though. Okay. Just stay close to you. And if you if you laugh and you or know you're gonna laugh, just okay. To the trees. Here we go. Now you want to Scott stab it. (laughs) Scott stab it now. Here we go. (laughs) This is a song about the three story men. Life is a story we're all living in. So now that you know the story you're in, just sit back. Sometimes there's a man Rather, sometimes there's some men And I'm talking about the story men here And I know what you're thinking Those are some tall fellers I don't know if that's three stories separately or three combined Well, we're missing the point Sometimes there's some men you want to know what these hombres are about? Well, I won't say they're heroes. They're just the men who are right for their time and place. These men, uh... Shoot, we lost my place. Well, I've probably introduced them enough. So just relax for a spell and bend your ear their way. What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Story Men Podcast, episode 100... I am Clay Morgan. I'm J.R. Foresteros. And I am Matt Michelatos. We are the Story Men. <laughs> also, we write over at NorvalRogers.com. Guys, we have made it to episode 100. Woo! That's Woo! quite a milestone. We were just talking earlier about how uh, we've been podcasting almost three years, and, and episode 100, we wanted to do something huge. I think we, I think we did it. We did indeed do it. We actually did something so huge that th- it can't even be contained in this one single episode. It's going to like stretch on all season six for the story, man. I can't even wait to reveal. <laughs> we have like non-disclosure agreement stuff we can't reveal. Yeah. It's that big. It's, we, it's huge. So uh, we, as we as we said in episode 99 and 98, and I think even in 97, uh, we have been all week on the set of Z Nation season two. Uh, Z Nation is, of course, the sci-fi original series uh, that's all about zombies in the apocalypse. It's set like three years into the apocalypse, uh, and we're following a group of people. Uh, Hopefully you've seen the show by now because we've talked about it quite a lot. But we had Dan Merchant on, who's one of the producers, writers, directors, last season, and he graciously invited us out to be on set for season two. Well, it was kind of, I think he was forced into it, because I wasn't, I don't know if he was sure there was going to be a season two when we had him on the show last time. And <laughs> We I asked, were sure in our hearts. <laughs> right, but he, and I asked him, hey, if there's a season two, can we come out and, like, hang out with the show? And he was like, sure, sure, because he thought maybe it wouldn't happen. So... <laughs> Then Whoops. it was like it, the, like the day that it came out in the trade press is like Z Nation picked up for season two. I'm like texting. I'm like, hey Dan, when are we coming? <laughs> <laughs> it was a great week in Spokane. It was uh, it's our first time for Jr. and I to even visit the Pacific Northwest. We are filming this intro after our wonderful week, and now we're back in Matt's Portland, Portland Oregon. Oh, I didn't know it was your Portland. It's my Portland. No kidding. Yeah, as okay. opposed to like Stephen King's Portland, Maine. 
Right. Okay. That makes sense. I own this one. That's hands really, that one. really helpful. We made an agreement. Yeah. Okay. Just, we're going to spread the Portland around the, with the famous writers. Very authorial of you. Mm. And we would be remiss to not mention that we've been traveling with our good friend, Aaron Kretzman, who just makes this whole thing go around. It's Aaron. Been, it's been a ton of fun. This is actually our first time all four of us hanging out together. Uh, first time me meeting Clay. And so it's been, it's been an enjoyable experience. Uh, so... This whole episode, let's kind of lay out what's going to happen here. We spent we spent a couple of days interviewing various members of the cast and crew of Z Nation, and we collected them all into like 10 to 15 minute interviews. Uh, they're fantastic interviews. Uh, I know some of you are thinking, wait, I don't like zombies. I've never seen Z Nation. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not sure that I have time between now and the time the interviews get here in the episode to watch all 13 episodes <laughs> of season one on Netflix. Uh, that's okay. This is a this is a an, this is an episode for anyone who has ever watched TV and wondered how do they do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so much of it is about like as each as we have we're having directors, producers, showrunners, writers. Uh, actors, writers on the show, and we'll be asking them what it's like to work in television, what how they do their jobs, things like that. It's actually super fascinating. Whether you watch or have enjoyed the show or not, you'll in, you'll enjoy their insights and thoughts. Uh, so let's go through. Uh, we're gonna break the we're gonna break the uh, the whole episode up into a couple of segments. So in this first segment, we're going to be sitting down with Dan Merchant, who's the one who brought us out, uh, and he's gonna kind of give us a rundown on what to expect in season two and how he's been involved with the show. Uh, after him, we're going to hear from showrunner Carl Schaefer, uh, and then from one of the assistant writers, Ty Lombardi. Assistant to the writers. Assistant to yeah. <laughs> yeah, assistant to the producer, assistant to the director. Uh, Ty was Ty was on set with us. She was sort of assigned to us to keep us from falling into any of the various pits. <laughs> the that really are, large, scary yeah, pits that are the, in the uh, abandoned aluminum factory. She's got twenty years' experience on some. The, the cool thing about these interviews is you're going to hear other movies and television shows mention that these folks have worked on as right. well. And then this first episode will finish up with Michael Cassett, who has been on. Uh, an incredible number of television shows. Getting to listen to him was fantastic, and he's the one who actually uh, has has a new show in development at HBO with George R. R. Martin, who's in charge of, of course, the Game of Thrones universe. And so Michael is going to be talking a little bit about that show, what it's going to be like, as well as you know, of course, how we got involved with Z Nation. So uh, here come the first round of interviews. Everybody, you probably remember from last season our good friend Dan Merchant, who uh, is has been a part of the TV show Z Nation, and he told us last year that if there was a second season, which there is, that we could go to Spokane, <laughs> which we have, which we have, <laughs> and be part of the show, and dance with us here now. So, hey, Dan, welcome back. Well, hey, great, thank you, great to be back, great to see you guys in the flesh. Yeah, oh, yeah. thanks for making. Thank you, a little pun there. Thank you. <laughs> In the rotting flash, I was going to go in. No, it's great that you guys made the trek out to Spokane and drop in on our little Z Nation world. And thank you again for being part of the Loop Group today. We're all a little yeah. hoarse. Yeah, yeah. You know this. Explain Loop Group. So Loop Group is, is basically all those little sounds and voices that all the characters have. If you, if you look at a shot of... Um, 
um, Working Girl with Harrison Ford and Melanie Griffith. And there's 80 people walking down the street when she's walking down talking to her friend. And you hear all the chatter and the walla, 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 hubbub, hubbub. You don't have a microphone on all 80 people in the street. (laughs) And there isn't a boom microphone over the head to capture everything. So usually those actresses or those actors are mic'd. And then everything else gets added in later by a handful of actors that they call the loop group. And so they'll go, oh, I'll be the fat guy walking up the sidewalk over there. I'll be the skinny lady over here. And then you do all the different voices, and they get mixed in, and it just gives texture to the, yeah. to the thing. Sound is so important when you're looking at a movie, and you're like, this is boring. Something's wrong with this. Like low-budget movies sometimes, because they don't have the money to go in and really spend the time, or they don't know how important it is, to spend the time creating you know, this full oral landscape yeah. that really does bring it to life. So the, so the story men were in the, uh, in the <laughs> studio dying in hideous ways. and they're Bandits, zombies, death So in, in episode three of season two, you will be able to hear many of our performances. <laughs> yes, right. yes. If I do say so myself, we're pretty incredible. In you fact, guys died uh, so good. I, I actually get to kill Dan. That's right. In the auditorium. Yes. <laughs> that's we don't act it out except through our voice. Yeah, you know, Matt will be a certain zombie uh, that, that you'll probably recognize. And then <laughs> and then the hideous <laughs> shrieking that ensues. Yeah, Matt eating like Matt. my face. It sounds like Matt when he eats tortilla chips. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Well, that's we did just record him at the Taco Bell. That's yeah, true. So. Right. Yeah, we'll add that in later. So, Dan, thank you so much for having us out. Oh, right on. It was Dan, great to see you guys. this has been a big jump for season two for you now. You are not only continuing to write episodes, you also have moved into the director chair and taking on some new responsibility this season. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I got bumped up to a co-executive producer and director and writer. So uh, John Hyams and I both kind of moved up. John directed a bunch of episodes uh, last season, and uh, the the two of us kind of started small. John was hired to direct a couple episodes. I was hired hired to write one, and then that led to two, that led to three. Then I hung around, and they had me help in post. And so basically uh, showrunner Carl Schaefer, who you'll get to visit with as well, was sort of insistent that John and I get to participate in a kind of full partner level uh, this season, and so John came into the writers' room, and I stepped into the uh, into the director's chair, and um, and so it's been really it's been really great to be able to take you know episodes from conception in the writers' room in Los Angeles where we start you know usually December, and then you know here we are in uh, in August, just a couple of weeks away from uh, premiere night, and we're you know putting episodes together. So to be able to take it all the way through. You know, the process is really great for guys like us who've been doing it for a long time, and sometimes we write, and sometimes we direct, and sometimes we produce, and so it's neat to be able to kind of be uh, involved, and it's such a such a familial kind of, you know, collegial maybe is better, the camaraderie and the energy and the team atmosphere, and we're just, it's summer camp with a paycheck, really, is what it is. <laughs> so, Dan, I think one of the, you know, you guys are writing them, you, you've submitted episodes one and two in the can. Yeah. You're, you're prepping the last, the remaining 13 at, at some, all of them are in some stage of production. Yeah, that's point. right. Uh, there's a lot of excitement. Everyone we've talked to is really excited about the season. And I think one of the first things you said after we got here was, uh, you know, you, you create season one to get to season two, but you create season two to get to season five. That's right. So what, what, tell us a little bit about season two. You know, what do we need to know? Well, for season two, we really are kind of swinging for the fences. 
Um, there's a, there were there were things that we we really liked about season one, and there was things we went, ooh, that was tough. We're not equipped at this budget to do that kind of thing as well. You know, we're we're good with humor, we're good with gore, um, we're good with jamming as many events in. I, look, I just screened the uh, the two hundred one uh, the season premiere for season uh, for two the other night. And it's like five episodes of The Walking Dead jammed into one. <laughs> there is so much action. There is so much energy. It's like, literally, it was like, I can't believe we put, it's like, uh, is that all one show? Wow. You know? So it, awesome. we just lay it down. So, so I think what people are going to see is just, it's a fast and furious and funny show. And um, I think it's a show that's got heart, you know, on, on the real kind of the subtle uh, theme level. The, the show really is about empathy, you know, the empathy that is something that I think is lacking in our world, and we're subtly trying to work that in, in an unlikely vessel, the zombie <laughs> show, but I mean, hey, our theme song is, you know, have mercy, you know, and that's something that our characters regularly, you know, say, I give you mercy, and, I, you know, it reminds, it reminds us that the zombies were people, you know, it, it tries to complicate this whole idea of the other and we can just kill with impunity, you know. So there's little subtle things that we're that we're doing that that try and try and complicate the thing. And you know, there's lots of room for comedy and humor. And you know, the Lord. apocalypse is wild and woolly, baby. It is wild and woolly. Now we we saw you in action as a director a little bit today because you were directing us. You were oh, yeah. Right. You know, make make that moan more guttural or scream more high pitched. Yes, uh, right. Or I, our sound producer Aaron, you, you fed him some lines like pull over or I'll or I'll shoot you, you in, in the, the face. face. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's, so there were there were some really good. Moments. What do you what do you like about directing? As you're stepping into directing now and not just in the writer's room, like what what do you enjoy? About I guess what I like is uh, is bringing the the idea or the vision or the dialogue to life. It's like when you write it, you already see it all in your head. Yeah. So you already know what it's supposed to be. You know how Doc is supposed to say his line. You know what Murphy's supposed to do. Uh, mercifully, those guys know their characters so well. And and at this stage, you know, we, we know the, the humans who are great guys and great women. And we enjoy being with them. We understand the characters really well, so we, I think we write for them really well. But you know, when Doc comes up and says, hey, instead of saying this, can I say this? I'll go, oh, yeah, sure, sure, totally great, fine, that works. And so you can, you know... And so you, you directed the ones that you wrote. So I have, so yeah. you're the one that's making the final decision in that moment of, like, can we depart from the script? Exactly, yeah, yeah, and you, you can measure, you know, I can think ahead. There's lots of times they go, hey, can I do this instead, or do I have to do this? I go, yeah, you do, because that sets up the thing on page 47. And if you don't do it there, then 10K doesn't know to do this. And No, no, we need that. And other times it's like, oh, no, no, it was just for a joke. You know, throw out five extras, you know. Uh, uh, Keith Allen, who plays Murphy, uh, is just masterful. Uh, I, I direct uh, Keith in uh, episode 208, and that one's almost a two-man show. There's a, there's a sequence where he ends up being captured by a zombie collector, basically. And, and so it's Keith and this other guy. And, and it was just amazing to see. I mean, these two guys plowed, you know, through... You know, 50, 55 pages of dialogue that was basically just them. Wow. And they were so good, and Keith is so sure about his character. And before I, I finished the script, actually, I sat with Keith and said, here's some of the things I want to explore with Murphy. Here's the things I think are true, but you're him. Are they true? And and there's, you know, there's there's things where the character, you know, starts to blossom on its own. And, you know, it's we have to have good communication to kind of keep up with the level of detail because... Uh, 
you know, we're we're looking at the show globally, and each actor inhabits that character. And so we start, you know, we start them off with what it is, but sometimes they make up their own little backstory or this little side thing or this little motivation. And so that was really neat to work with Keith to kind of talk through things and and um, and get some traction. So when we went in to do uh, to do episode uh, episode eight of this season, then. Uh, you know, it was like, ooh, Murphy coming alive right there. So it's neat to have the page come to live and to be able to work with the actors in that way. And then, uh, you know, even as a writer, you usually take the show, you know, through post um, and kind of help pick the best takes. And, you know, you have to reshape it there. And now that doesn't play and that's supposed to be funny and it's not, so let's cut it. You know, you have to make those kind of harder decisions. But I I guess my favorite part is to to work with the actors. And, yeah, it's a good time. Well, we are super excited. Uh, We're going to be speaking with director John Hyams and showrunner Carl Schaefer. We're also going to visit with you a little bit more about some of these specific episodes you have worked on, and we're going to hold those until the time is right. (laughs) But thanks so much, Dan, for the invite, for uh, hosting this amazing experience for Storymen 100. We just really appreciate it. It's my pleasure. Thanks, guys. And we're rolling, sir. All right. And zombies. All right, ladies, notice Juan over here. All right, and over to Ty, look at Ty. All right, give me some more growling. So we are here with Z Nation showrunner Carl Schaefer. Carl, thanks for taking a few minutes to talk with us. Thanks for having me. So how is season two shaping up? Uh, season two is going to be great. I think uh, uh, we're all really excited about it and having a lot of fun making it. And um, it's it's going smoother this year and it's <laughs> bigger, better, faster, uh, uh, louder and crazier than uh, last year. And I... I think it's it's been fun because every week we sort of have the the scripts. Are, there's some huge challenge in it that we have no idea exactly how we're going to, you know, how are we going to do our Mad Max episode? How are we going to do going to the Grand Canyon? How are we going to go down the Mississippi? How are we doing all this within a 30 miles of Spokane, Washington? <laughs> um, and what and visual effects and and you know. Um, running millions of zombies over cliffs and things like that and and every week the 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 crew uh totally panics at a certain point when they read the (laughs) script and then they then we start breaking it down we start figuring it out and we write to what we can actually do um and it's been working really great and we're having a really good time so and i think the audience will too so carl i'm guessing some of our listeners don't know what a showrunner is like can you explain a little bit what your job is sure i know what it is (laughs) don't tell anybody that um basically you are uh in the uh sort of in charge of the creative vision of the show the one there has to be sort of one person who in the end listens to all the discussion and then finally says no we're going with the red shirt not the blue shirt um and this is why um, and I'm also like the, the Google of the show because I'm the only person that talks to everybody. I talk to the network, oh. I talk to the actors, I talk to the crew, I talk to the audience, you know, so, um, and all I care about is the show. I'm not worried about my department, you know, how they, everybody's, you know, really focused on their specialty and, and my job is to kind of stay above that, that fray and just kind of look at the big picture 
and, and be somebody who has heard every conversation from being in the writer's room for six months while we're writing all of these to, you know, um, every little meeting I can make it to, um, and, and as well as just hiring your creative team and getting the right people in position and stuff like that. So uh, it's, it's a busy job. I mean, right now at this point, we just turned in the first episode, but, you know, a week ago we had all 15 episodes going at once in some oh, wow. form of production from breaking the story for 15 to approving the color correction in final music of episode one. Um, so you live in this show, basically. This is your entire life. It is kind of like if you're awake, you're doing it during wow. production. Yeah, I mean, there's... And it, you never get finished. I mean, I just... I don't have any schedule. I just... I have some sense. It's like damage control on a submarine. You're just like, you know, where's the, <laughs> leaking the fastest? You know, <laughs> run there. And... and uh, um, and answering questions that are just, you know, um, one friend said it was like watching somebody being nibbled to death by bunnies. Um, with all the, all the questions that people are asking. Is that, is that an upcoming episode? Yeah, uh, we've actually uh, we have we have we have rabbit's milk in one of our episodes, oh. uh, which everybody wonders what the hell that's about. Um, so now I got through on the script. I don't know what happened. So one of the things I think is very clear about the show when you watch it as we do, like as fans, is that there's a lot of love put into the show, like to make the show. It's clear that you guys are having a blast, that this is something that's not just, um, you know, not, not just like getting a paycheck on a TV show. Uh, like, so like where did, where did zombie love come from? How did you get to, to Z Nation? Well, I, don't know if it's, I don't know if it's zombie love as much as just filmmaking love. Everybody okay. on the crew is is an artist of some sort, right down to the grips and everybody. They're all really interesting artists who, for their day job, are working on this show. And and we tried really hard to hire people because, A, we couldn't pay them what they deserve. Mm-hmm. And, and um, you know, and it was going to be a crazy, low-budget, hard-to-do show, but we got people in every department who just won't let it be bad. Mm-hmm. Um, and we take advantage of them for that. Um, <laughs> and, and they all work extra hard and... And um, we're very about giving people opportunity. We trade opportunity for money, essentially. Um, but we have people who have, you know, in two seasons are have moved up from a department head to directing an episode this season. So, um, you know, it's uh, it's it's fun to watch. It's like a its own sort of organic creature at a certain point, uh, making itself. And it is kind of like a to us, it's like a little Swiss watch of a show. There's a lot of really clever filmmaking. That goes into this kind of crazy, low-budget feeling, handmade show. You know, we wanted to make it feel like this is the show people at home would make if they could make a show. Um, <laughs> and and episode two this season is like John Hyams directed it, and it's it's one of the most violent, crazy episodes of TV I've ever seen. It's oh, wow. nonstop action. They don't stop running and shooting through the whole thing. Uh, it's just crazy, wild, and. We're sitting there watching it mix, and and it just dawns on it. It's like this is the apocalypse America wants. This is what all those gun nuts want. It's like the day you could just run in the streets and shoot people at will, and and it's all okay, you know. Um, and, so you're trying and, to give America what it wants. Absolutely, That's we're, giving, we're giving them the apocalypse they want and deserve. Um, <laughs> 2016. Exactly. Exactly. Who are some of your Who are some of your influences? Then what What are some of the um, creators, the writers, whether it's books or movies or television, that have always just stood out as some of your personal faves? Well, I mean, in the zombie genre, I just go right for George Romero, or the older 
you know, we're trying to use some elements, too, of the older zombie tradition, the more voodoo control, mm-hmm. I walk with a zombie, the mm-hmm. old Val Luton movies and stuff like that. But, um, yeah, I think, you know, it's sort of we go by Romero rules, and, and uh, um, that's sort of the tradition we go there. And then filmmaking, it's, you know, I, I grew up on the movies of the 70s and 80s, so I'm, you know, a, a taxi driver, godfather, uh, dog day afternoon, all of those kind of movies. I'm not really, even though I, my television career is almost all genre, I'm not particularly a genre fan. I'm more social satire. And to me, that's what, I forget there's zombies in this show sometimes, <laughs> you know. It's about the people and the and the the social, you know, satire of it all and just the, the human folly under incredible pressure, um, I think is what we're going for, so. So, uh... There's obviously going to be a lot of fallout, pun intended, in this season from uh, <laughs> what terrible. we saw happening at the end of season one. Can you give us a little bit of a preview of like what some of the 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 fun you have you guys have up your sleeve in terms of new zombies, uh, new settings, some of that kind of stuff? We got um, we got all kinds of cool stuff coming up this season. We've got um, there's a special kind of zombie that results from the the sort of second apocalypse that hits the earth, the the nuclear missiles that you saw launched at the end of uh, last season, um, who are um, faster, stronger, and a slightly conscious and seem to be able to work in packs. Um, uh, so those guys are great. Um, we've got uh, we take a trip down the Mississippi this season. Uh, with the sketchy and skeezy characters, uh, the gun show guys yep. with with uh, 10K as Huckleberry Finn um, <laughs> and them as the Duke and Dauphine um, uh, in a really dark, twisted, super, super funny episode. Um, we've got We Kill Zombies with a Giant Wheel of Cheese. We do. Uh, we kill... I mean, we kill zombies in so many different ways this season. Um uh, as well as you'll see um, some of the characters really tested and really heroic and um, there's uh, you know people die this season I think unexpected people are going to die this season um, and uh, it's going to be you know we have episodes that start out like just ridiculous um, you know and then turn very dark and emotional by the end and you would never in a million years know where that show's going uh, over the you know in the course of it and that's what we like about our show is like you really don't know what we're going to do we go from the ridiculous to um you know the the dark and gritty uh, um on a dime so um absolutely there's 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 some emotional punch that kind of gets you right in the gut when you're not expecting from time to time that's what we try to do happen. yeah yeah we we love the show we think it's so fun and um it's the only zombie show i watch now <laughs> Actually, which we talk about on the show all the time. Well, we have a new uh, a new campaign we're starting since, since The Walking Dead had to have their spinoff of, uh, um, uh, oh, what's it called? Fear uh, the Walking Dead. Fear the Walking Dead, right. So uh, I want to get a campaign going with sci-fi that says, if you're going to watch two zombie shows, make one of them Z-Nation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, that's Love our uh, Well, uh, our I'm sure you have some... Uh, some leaks in the submarine you need to take care of so we appreciate you uh, spending a little time with us uh, well it was a pleasure guys thanks, yeah, I'm, thanks I'm always so happy to talk to people that uh, like our show so thanks so much Carl great luck with season 2 we can't wait to watch thank you very much
on here. All right, and everybody now looks at Ty. All right, Rhea, reach out for Ty. Keep your feet locked and reaching out for her. Good. <laughs> okay, and Ty. So we are here with Ty Lombardi, who is working on Z Nation yes. as a... Tell us all the things that you're doing, Ty. Well, technically, if you look at the call sheet, my title is writer slash producer's assistant. Um, but I kind of do a little bit of everything, which is really fun. I like my job because it's, it's always different. Um, as a writer slash producer's assistant, you are responsible for making sure that the script is getting taken care of. Um, when our showrunner, creator, Carl, writes any changes or updates anything, um, he sends it to me and I make sure that the changes are consistent and that there's no spelling errors or typos, which he's amazing, there never are. Um, and then I just proof it and make sure that it's distributed out to the appropriate people so everybody knows what's going on. Um, but there's more than that too, I mean, you know, you're, you're also responsible for just making sure that sounds all very assistant-y, but you know, making sure appointments are kept and meetings are made and setting stuff up. But the nice thing about a small show like this is that I also get the opportunity to go do other things. Like I've played around with the art department and worked in the props department and worked um, with the production department and get to basically kind of do a little bit of everything. Worked with the costume department. Um, yeah, so we made some pretty cool things for this season. I don't know if I can talk about them because I don't want to ruin the surprises for anybody. But uh, give us just some general like what are what are some of the big differences between last season and this season as far as scope in terms of what you guys have cooked up? Well, oh my God, every episode is like a season finale on this season. Wow. <laughs> I mean, it's 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 intimidating and awe inspiring to realize what we are pulling off in seven days. Um, I come from. A, background in Hollywood that's 15 years long on a lot of shows. Like I've done Sons of Anarchy, I did The Shield, I did Mr. and Mrs. Smith, The Feature, um, and... Sharknado 3. Sharknado, I cannot forget Sharknado <laughs> 2 and 3, 2 and 3. 2 and 3, oh. 2 and 3, yes, I know, I made the same mistake twice. 4. I hope so. <laughs> I hope so, it was what a lot of fun. What happens next in Sharknado 4? Is this Because there was a Sharkatane. Sharkatane, we went to space. Yeah, so we I mean... We had a baby. Micro, micro, right? Like you got to go into the quantum world. You know, I'd, I'm going to leave that to the genius that is Thunder Levin, um, and whatever comes out of his twisted noggin, I'm sure we'll put onto the screen. I hope. Um, yeah, it was fun. Shark wolves. Shark wolves. Oh man, concerned about shark wolves. <laughs> They'll get you. You can't run. You can't, and they hunt in packs. They do hunt in packs. Are they schools on land in water? Oh, good mm. question. Don't know. <laughs> we'll have to wait to see the movie. So what made you get into the entertainment business? What what led you to want to do this? E.T. E.T. E. Really? E.T. When I was about five years old, my parents took me to E.T. And it scared the shit out of me. And the only way my parents <laughs> could actually get me back into the theater long enough to watch the rest of the movie was to bribe me with um, Reese's Pieces. And pieces, yes. pieces. And I realized as I wait, did they lay a trail of them in? They the almost head? did. It, it was pretty close to that. Um, no, I mean watching that movie and being that terrified and were you then, terrified by ET or by the people chasing ET? I was the people in the suits. Yeah. Oh yeah. The humans. The I mean, yeah, that's the, that was the scariest that's the scary part. part of the movie. Yeah. 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 But I didn't know a five-year-old. Yeah, but I, I really liked being scared, but knowing that it was a controlled scared. Because life is scary on its own, and there's too many things out there that, you know, 
you get scared, it's usually because you're really in danger, and that's what I like about movies is that you can experience all these emotions without actually being in jeopardy or, you know. So E.T. E.T. Scared you enough that you wanted to do this for a living? I really like scaring people. <laughs> I really like which like, is probably why I'm here. But it comes out of a place early. of love. Like you love I being do. scared, so yes. you want to give that to other people. Well, it's the safest scare out there. You know, I mean, you're you come out of a movie. My my idea and my goal is to go to a movie where I come out feeling something about myself that I didn't feel before when I went in. And a lot of movies nowadays you go in because you want to be entertained. I mean, life is pretty rough out here. I mean, our economy's rough, politics are rough, everything's rough, and I want to go to a movie and escape for a couple hours and come back out and be happy. And for sure. Enjoy the fact that I'm still alive. And, yeah. and so, uh, in our pre-show chat, you said that your favorite horror is like creature features. Yes. Right? Why? Yes. Um, because people are terrifying. I don't like watching things with actual people like um not a big fan of the saw franchise i I have nothing but respect for the guys that make those movies um i'm probably the only person on the planet who hasn't seen silence of the lambs i've read it i've read all of these i mean i go and read them i just don't want to watch them um i spent some time in the military and have seen real horrible things that people do to each other and to me seeing that on the screen isn't as entertaining. I don't think it's mm-hmm. entertainment. To me, that's just, that's people being horrible to people. But when you have people versus monsters, like Godzilla, Mothra, the old classics, Tremors, which is the best movie on the planet. Monster Squad. Monster Squad, <laughs> yes. Um, that to me... Gremlins. Yes. I like Ghoulies. Ghoulies, but not Goonies. That's not a monster Critters. movie. Critters. No. Critters. Chud. Chud. Animalistic, was it human underground underground dwellers? Humanoid. Yeah. Stuff like that. I like those. I like those. And a lot of times, part of the reason I really like that is because everybody has to band together and kind of work together as a team to overcome this. Even if you get down to like one or two survivors, they all still had to work together at some point. Do you count Freddy and Jason as monsters or no? No. No. So slasher flicks. Well, Jason's creatures. That's just bloodborne. Yeah. Yeah, I'm talking like full You're like actual monsters. Yeah. Critters. If they're going to categorize, categorize it, categorize it, if you have a biologist looking at it and going, okay, I'm going to put this in this phylum in this kingdom, that, I mean, I guess you could do that with serial killers, too, but it's... it's well, I mean, yeah. Yeah. I've been telling there these guys to watch, to watch a movie called The Bay. Have you seen that one? No. It's good. You, you know Matt's not going to watch a horror huh? movie. You didn't tell me to watch The Bay. I didn't? No. I've never I mean, I'm not going to watch it, but you didn't tell me to. Either. No, it's 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 a good one. JR will watch it. We just yeah. haven't oh, hunkered yeah. down to do it yet, but... One of the better, it's, it's a found footage and it's done well, and it's a creature feature in the last like two or three years. And it's true, it's 100% true. <laughs> it sure looks like if any if any found footage creature feature could be true, this one gets pretty I close. I would love to check that out. So, Ty, one of the things that I again from the pre show that I thought was really fascinating was that you've said you know you, you've progressed in your career several times and it's taken you away from writing and yes. you keep wanting to get back to writing. Why do you love writing? I love writing because it's just what I see in my head and I like, how do you describe, why do you love writing? I love it because it's the absolute freedom to do and become everything and anything you've ever wanted to be. As a writer, I mean, you can can do anything. Um, When you're a doctor, you're a doctor. 
and you have a very specific set of skills that you're utilizing every day. But you're not a doctor who is also welding. I mean, could, but it's not normal, you know. And, and when you're um, a plumber, you're a plumber. When you're this, you're that. But when you're a writer, you get to do everything. You get to learn about everything. I mean, I've learned about forensic pathology. I've learned about... Um, zombies. I've learned about, you know, the most amazing... I, I did a series for a kid's show, and it was all STEM-based. Technology, engineering, mm -hmm. science, technology, engineering, mathematics. And we learned about alternative fuels and, and biodiesel. And, I mean, if I were, say, an accountant, I wouldn't... Unless I happen to have an account that dealt directly with that, I wouldn't have any really need to learn that. But I learned about it. And I've learned about snipers, and I've learned... I mean, that's the cool thing is, I mean, you never stop learning when you're a writer because you're taking things in from you all around that could be really interesting stories, and you don't have to be limited. And it doesn't have to be practical stuff either. I mean, you know, we learned about balloon tying and smoke bombs and and then fantasy, too. Like, you know, Sharknados. <laughs> <laughs> so it's cool. But zombies is in science. Not zombies famous. are very science. Yeah. It's absolutely based in science. There is absolutely no doubt in my mind that we are currently facing our own zombie apocalypse and have pushed quite a few of them into politics. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, so uh, you work for Asylum. Yes. Who is the production company. Yes. Uh, again, so most of our listeners are, are not on this side of television. So right. explain for us the relationship between Sci-Fi, Asylum, Z Nation. Oh, boy. Like, is what's... It's a weird hierarchy. It doesn't normally... I, normally... Okay. I'm an unusual case. Um, but, so, sci-fi overall is the distribution... And I'm, I'm going to be very general on this because I don't know all the specifics and I don't want to give bad information. Sure. Sci-fi, of course, is the sci-fi channel. They're kind of like... They're the network. And then Asylum is the parent production company, and then go to media, which is Steve, we met, and Jody. They're the producers who are working with Z Nation. So it's kind of like six degrees of separation out. And I don't want to get too into this, like I said, because I don't know exactly all the specifics. But I work with the asylum, and we did Sharknado 3, and they said, now what do you want to do? Congratulations, you survived Sharknado 3. <laughs> and... Um, you know, we've got a couple projects coming up. What do you want to do? And I was like, well, you know, what do you got? And they're like, well, we have a movie. Well, I should back up. I'm a costume designer for the Asylum. And I've worked a couple of their movies as a costume designer. We did Zombie Coeds, um, Coeds and the Zombie Stoner, um, Hansel versus Gretel, Sharknado Hansel 3. Hansel vs. Gretel. Hansel versus Gretel. Saw oh, sibling rivalry. I you saw that? One. Wait. That's different from Hansel and Gretel. Correct. With Jeremy Renner, right? Yeah. yeah. This okay. is not Jeremy Hansel's, Renner. Hansel versus Gretel. Hansel yeah. versus Gretel. So there's Hansel. With Abraham Lincoln, Zombie Hunter? Didn't do that one. Okay, but that was Asylum. Yes, it was. I think it was. I Maybe. I, no, I didn't. But she didn't do that. No, I didn't do that one. Um, Why are Hansel and Gretel fighting? <laughs> They're brother and sister. Yeah, Dad, but it's like when you and I fight. We're brothers. <laughs> Shut up, dummy. Um, what? <laughs> I'll send well, you a copy of the DVD. Okay. <laughs> so there's this great scene in there with all of these wolves. Oh, stop. <laughs> Do Hansel and Gretel fight each other Matt even though wolves pants. are coming? Yeah, yes. They, they, uh, Hansel wants to protect the wolves and Gretel wants to eat the wolves. No, there's no wolves. But yes, oh, there's no wolves. Okay, well, fine. I watched that. Yes. Um, 
so they said, you know, what do you want to do? We've got a show coming up. It's Morocco. We've got another show that's coming up. It's all puppies. What do you want to do? Because the, the asylum, the asylum has an amazing breadth of things that they do. I mean, it's not. People hear the asylum and they automatically think, you know, bad B movie Friday night. Which, granted, we've done our fair share of fantastically entertaining movies, but they also have a wide library of other things they do, including several Lifetime shows. So they had one coming out, and they were like, you want to do this, you want to do that? And I said, no, actually, I kind of really want to do Z Nation. And they said, well, um, we think it's pretty much staffed up, but let's see what we can get you in on. And so they were very gracious and talked to the people over at Z Nation and Steve and Jody, and Steve and Jody said, yeah, you know, we didn't have an assistant last year. Let's see how it flies this year. How good are you at, you know, being an assistant? And I was like, well, I haven't done that for a while. Let's give it a shot. Mm -hmm. So you you did not do season one? No. You're here on season two. Yes. You guys have put the majority of the work on the season in, but you still have a little ways to go. We do. We have two and a half up, three up this this year. We're on 212, 213 now. And we're shooting those together, so it's technically two episodes, but we're treating it like one big, massive episode. And then we have 214 and 215 after that, and that's that for this season. What do you love most about Z Nation? I think the fans. Does that sound funny? That does sound funny. What do you love about the fans? Um, I have a crew sweatshirt, and it says Z Nation on the back of it. And actually, last night... I went to Lowe's on my way home. No, it was the night before. I went to Lowe's on my way home to go grab some supplies to go make more skulls to scare my neighbors. Yeah, yeah. And um, I got stopped by a couple of people. And they said, oh, my God, Z Nation, we love your sweatshirt. Are you on the show? And I said, well, I work for the crew. And they said, our daughter was a zombie last season. (laughs) And she had such a good time. And everybody was so excited. And when the show aired, they actually had all their friends come over. And they watched the show so that they could see what she looked like in it. And that's part of what I really like about this industry. I mean, you know, our hours are really long. The pay isn't always as good as they let you believe it is on Entertainment Tonight. Um, But seeing people get really excited about what you do and being able to reach a broad group of people because I mean you know going back to like the surgeon people are like oh you're a doctor that's really cool but saying you work in film that's like the group of people that are excited about that is huge Mm -hmm. you know and you get all sorts of people that come up and want to tell you how what you've done has made a difference in their life like if I ever met anybody who worked on ET actually met Steven Spielberg. <laughs> <laughs> Did he, he have something to do with ET? <laughs> <laughs> he played the little girl. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I, I, I'm actually in the DGA as well, and um, we have meetings, and one of the biggest things about being in the DGA, which is really cool, is... The Dog Grooming Association? Yes, the Dog Grooming Association <laughs> of America. I'm terrible at acronyms. The amount of people that you meet that are just like ridiculously awesome like I, I sat behind John Favreau one day and, and you know just sat there I was like oh my god it's, it's, it's happy from Iron Man and so many other things and Steven Spielberg was there and I, I he got stuck with me in an elevator I didn't get stuck with him in an elevator but he, he made the mistake of getting on the elevator with me in the basement and riding it up to uh, one of the other floors and I did, just sat there did he pitch a movie to you? he did <laughs> did you buddy the elf him? No, 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 see, he had, he had a script in his hands and started beating me with it because I wouldn't leave him alone. I was like, you're pitching to me, and he's like, no, 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 but I, I got to actually talk to him, and I, I fangirled out, and I was like, oh my god, it's your fault I'm here, and he's like, I'm sorry, you know, did I push the wrong floor number? And I was like, no, 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 it's your fault I'm in Los Angeles. I said, you know, I grew up on your movies, and they made such a big impact on me, and that feeling that I had 
I get really excited when I have other people come up and tell me that they've got that same feeling yeah. for Sharknado 3. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, my parents had to like get me back into the theater with Reese's Pieces during Sharknado as well. Yeah, yeah. Because I'm so afraid of sharks. Yeah, that was well, like two years ago. Um, yeah, it was two years ago. I was 39. 39. <laughs> it was really it was special. Aged well. All right, Ty, we have to wrap up, but yes. could you tell our listeners, if they want to get to know you a little bit online, where they can find you? Yes, I am on Twitter. Um, you look for Tyronosaurus. It's T Y E. <laughs> Ronosaurus, R-A-N-N-A-U-S-A-U-R-U-S, and um, we'll put a link to that. <laughs> I know. <laughs> How badly can I spell the word Tyrannosaurus? Um, yeah, I mean, Twitter is probably the best way to get sure. me. Because um, if you Facebook me, my mom's gonna want to know who you are. <laughs> you don't want that. You don't want that pressure. No. So yeah. Well, obviously, we're here on a live set. And it's been fun to hear all the ambience as well, and the crane next to us that yeah. is apparently going to collapse at any um, moment. Spoiler, there's a truck yeah. in Z Nation. You probably just heard it drive Oh, by. man, that yes. was a big one. I think big it just truck. kicked up a big cloud of lithium dust. Yeah, it's oh, inert. Man. We've been told yeah, it's inert. The, the lithium is inert. It's inert. Well, Don't so great to chat with you. Thanks you for taking the time. Thank you, guys. It's kind of cool to be this with you guys so that's cool yeah well you better get used to it because I'm sure when Hansel versus Gretel 2 comes out you have a lot of people two. wanting that was two. <laughs> Hansel versus Gretel was number two it was Hansel it was Hansel and Gretel 1 and then Hansel versus Gretel 2 yeah you gotta up the stakes so with the what sequel 3 is gonna be wolves Hansel versus Gretel versus, versus wolves. wolves Gretel okay. is the witch that was Gretel's the witch oh in part 2 in part 3 in part 3 Oh my gosh! I'm gonna. I'm they don't have a three yet. It's Guys, let yet. me write three. <laughs> <laughs> Great idea. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks so much for being Thank with you us. Guys, thank you for coming out and hanging out with us. All right, ready? Do we need a little bit of blood in there, Alex? You know what's gonna uh, get? Yeah. I'm um, yeah. 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 Okay, so you guys are at this lens looking at this guy. Well, we are here with writer, producer, all around Hollywood, handsome. and handsome, handsome. <laughs> they were, yes, thank younger you. than his years, Michael, poorer than he'd like to be. Probably, probably applies universally. <laughs> Michael Cassett is our guest. Thanks for taking a few minutes here on the set of Z Nation, which you have had a pretty heavy hand in these first two seasons. Yeah, I I mean, ultimately the show is Carl Schaefer's show, uh, aided and abetted by Craig Engler. They're the, the co-creators, but Carl's the showrunner. What you finally see on the screen is the showrunner's vision. Our job as writers, directors, actors, crew is just to, to try to do the best we can do, and uh, collectively it sort of all works out. I'm really happy with... Uh, most of the first season episodes, really happy and happy that they exist at all. Uh, <laughs> the stuff that's coming in season two is just outstanding. It's it's just a notch 
up in terms of ambition and, and general weirdness. So uh, it should be fun. If you like the first season, you'll really like the second season. If you didn't like the first season, why are we talking? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why they'd be listening. We love the first season. So uh, you have been doing TV for a lot of years. You've done, I think you said earlier, 16 shows so far? I've been on the staff of 16 shows. I actually sold my first television script early 1982, okay. so it's only you know, 33 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and you've worked with Carl on several shows so far, so is that how you got involved with Z Nation? Yeah, uh, it is typical. Carl uh, and I worked together on uh, TV 101, we worked together on uh, the wonderful Erie, Indiana, we yeah. worked on another show called Strange Luck, we worked on The Dead Zone for a while in the early 2000s, and uh, we're neighbors as well, you know, we're just kind of, not not incredibly close. It's not like we're hanging out, shooting pool. Uh, when we see each other, we just kind of bitch and eat eggs. But I literally happened to be walking down Ventura Boulevard, not far from our, you know, where we both live, and he was coming out of Arts Deli with uh, uh, two gentlemen I later identified as members of the Asylum Studios oh, yeah. production uh -huh. team, and we just said hello, and they got in their car and uh, said to Carl, "So, what are you doing?" He said, "Well, I'm." getting ready to do a zombie show. What are you doing? I said, not much. He says, hey, maybe you'll do this zombie show with me. <laughs> and then uh, a few weeks later, that conversation, the kind of conversation you have in Hollywood, I don't know, every day, <laughs> and it never, ever turns into anything. <laughs> Actually turned into something. Uh, he, he, I, called me and said, hey, let's talk about the zombie show. So I uh, got involved with it uh, early on. Now, is that a rule in Hollywood that you have to say, hey, we should work together sometime? I think that, yes. Because we've been it, wanting it, to know if we could maybe do a project with you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's talk, make it let's talk yeah. about it. Okay, good. <laughs> got so, the other is like, I, I, I really want to be in business with you. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. yeah. Yeah, we feel that way. <laughs> yeah. I can't believe Michael Cassett just promised us work. So you're certainly no stranger to science fiction, to the weird, right, supernatural kind of stuff yeah um like what is it about zombies uh and this show in particular that that is exciting enough for you to keep working on it other than the paycheck obviously well yeah because the, the paycheck um <laughs> nobody uh nobody complains about that although i actually do complain about it <laughs> while eating eggs yes you're not an actor so they can't kill you yes uh no but they can do other things <laughs> don't you worry uh but what attracted me about it was the idea that Let's face it, you have The Walking Dead out there, which is a terrific show and a show I've watched every episode of uh -huh. before I was even thinking I would be doing any zombies and long after I'm doing zombies because I'm sure that show is going to run forever or shuffle because <laughs> they're, they're not moving very fast. But it was a, a chance to, to, to go play in a post-apocalyptic zombie world but with a different set of purpose, different set of rules, uh, a different tone. I mean, I would like to think of Z Nation as sort of like the zombie show only snarkier and on meth. I mean, we're, we're, we're moving yeah. our it's later, our people are beaten down, they're survivor types, and a couple of them in particular have a, a pretty sardonic view of where they are. A little which, further into the ex existential absurdity of it all. Yeah, kind of, yeah, that if they could afford a t-shirt, that's what it would say. Um, in fact, we, there should be Z Nation existential absurdity t-shirts. Actually, there should be Z Nation t-shirts, but that's a whole other problem. Um, but yeah, so it's just the idea, the, the chance to exercise kind of the sci-fi side. Because yeah, there's zombies and there's some zombie rules, but okay, what kind of zombies are they? Do we have fast zombies? Do we have... Uh, 
what kind of zombies are we? And what is dripping down yeah. on us? <laughs> Something from the set. Yeah. Just a forklift just, with thousands yeah. of pounds of concrete. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Kind of about to ready to no worries. <laughs> we'll be fine. Live we'll radio, fine. folks. It'll be good. And, and, and to, to play moments, moments like that, and just that—that's exactly the kind of thing we're we're in a facility where there is a, a lot of abandoned stuff, especially of a bagged uh, concrete or sand. We've been told all the chemicals are inert. That's <laughs> what we've all been told. That's why, that's why this is going to be 10 minutes and not 15. <laughs> okay, can I ask you about, I know you love science fiction, and we heard that recently you sold a new show, Captain Cosmos, which sounds like golden age science fiction. Like, what, what, are, what is going on there? What can you tell us about that? Uh, Captain Cosmos is a co-creation between me and George R.R. R. Martin. Cool. Uh, about, it's a, it's a drama, lighter hearted than, than most, and it's for HBO. Um, at the moment, it's just a script. It hasn't gone past the, we're still in the development stage, but uh, the, the basic idea is it's about a writer who has the science fiction gene and the science fiction mentality, in fact, who has written science fiction stories under pen names that are in magazines. It's like but, a pulp, yeah, pulp but writer. He, but he's a closet pulp writer. His real career, this is post-World War II, New York, is he's a, a, a very acclaimed radio mystery writer, and he uh. finds that that world is dying, and that world is too frustrating. It won't let him tell the stories he wants to tell in any mm -hmm. way. And he realizes, when he gets an, an offer out of the blue uh, from a couple of drunks, uh, about a new thing called a television show and a science fiction television show, um, even though it's aimed at kids, it's like, I may be able to do something with this, and besides, the other thing is kind of going away. So it's about his kind of trials and tribulations, figuring out how to make that show work, um, and figuring out how to tell stories where you can deal with race relations without calling it uh. the African-American in the South and doing it in, in Alabama, it's, oh, it's Marsport and the <laughs> red-skinned Martians who are having problems oh, with humans. And, yeah. and so you're kind of hitting on first seasons of the original Star Trek kind well, of stuff. Well, the idea is uh, the, the, the protagonist is basically Rod Serling and Gene Roddenberry, nice. kind of a few years earlier, yeah. someone who is trying to do more ambitious stuff than you would think from the genre materials right. in it. And it's, They're it's sneaking just, it in because it's for kids and, and it's ultimately genre. people get onto them. So it, it, so the drama can go a little dark, but it's it's a it, it is something that might have the sort of the look and feel of a madman because it's uh -huh. about media in in way in the past. Um, and some fun and it's all about the 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 craziness of making a really cheap live T V show and we <laughs> hope to actually make the 15-minute episodes. Yeah. Nice. At the same time, we make the real episodes. So that goes like, in. Yeah. yeah, that sounds awesome. And it's it's about you know him and his wife and and a writing partner of of uh, of his and the people he works for and the, the people you know casting a an African American in a TV role in 1949. Time. How did you do that? You didn't do that. So how did you figure out how to do that? So it's it's playing with that kind of stuff and also just with the science fiction community and world, especially the New York world, there, you know, probably some walk-ons by some thinly disguised versions of uh, science fiction personalities <laughs> of the day, so, but I, George just forbid me to say more on that. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah, we've, we've only got a couple minutes left, but it just yeah. strikes me that at that time in America, two world wars, a Great Depression, people just wanted normalcy, right, the 1950s, it's, they wanted the appearance of it, so you, you get to really kind of play around in the confines of that setting. And that's exactly it, I mean, that period post-war, uh, Gore Vidal and other writers who were active then, it was the, the brief age of American empire the sort of the high watermark of American culture, which was still ultimately 
don't rock the boat or rock it only in acceptable ways. Mm -hmm. And our guy is trying to figure out how to rock it in an unacceptable way. So it should be fun. That so sounds really good. How much of the tension in the show is coming? I mean, so television right now, you know, HBO just launched HBO Now, which is their finally completely freestanding. Yeah. You know, you don't have to have any cable. We were just talking the other day about how, you know, Major League Baseball and the NFL are trying to figure out how do we you know, kind of break free of ESPN, go to streaming. So it seems like we're in the middle of another sort of technological upheaval. It's a huge, huge uh, paradigm shift. So coming. is that informing the show as well, kind of? Yes, because it, it was a new means of, of getting stories to people. I mean, I teach television at USC, so I have a lot of this stuff in my head right now. But in something like 1948, there may have been 2 million television sets in the United States. Three to four years later, there were 50. Wow. <laughs> so that was an explosion that is unprecedented in terms of just introducing people to, to a new form of storytelling and, and the way it was accepted. I mean, it killed the popular magazines for fiction. It killed the pulps. It, it killed radio drama. I mean, so it, it, was, uh, it was like the asteroid hitting the yeah. Earth and killing the dinosaurs. <laughs> and yeah, the, the cutting the cord, digital, over-the-top channels and streaming, uh, yeah, that's, that's changing everything. I mean, there are 400 scripted series done right now. Wow. That's an insane wow. number than one year and we're all thinking well it's got to stop somewhere and the answer is it'll stop when it stops um i'm not going to stop it as a writer <laughs> writer it's like it's it's raining hand me a bucket yeah yeah you know? <laughs> right, so. for sure well we are really excited about the second season of z nation captain cosmos sounds like it's going to be awesome and we appreciate you taking some time to talk about it with us. Can I ask, Thank one, you. Can I ask one more question? Is that okay? Yeah, let's do it. Um, this is more just like a, most of the people who listen to our show are not on the inside of the industry. Right. So you say Captain Cosmos is in development. So like, do you have any idea? What's a normal timeline from like where you are to when we are going to sit down and watch the first episode? In normal standard network, even premium, uh, basic cable development, you would pitch a show in July or August. You would write that pilot script and rewrite it and rewrite it up to about January or February. The network might pick it up to pilot. That pilot would be filmed in March and April. You would be on the air the following September. So it would be a year. Okay. This is HBO. So double everything okay. and add a, a great degree of uncertainty. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, it sounds like they're tearing the set down. This yeah. building's coming down. <laughs> so, Michael Cassidy, thank you so much. Thank for you, time. guys. Yeah, real thank pleasure. You. Thank you. Sorry. Oops, sorry. Yeah, Shaking hands awesome. like we're on I know. television. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's my fault. Yeah. I forgot which medium I was on. Yeah. Uh, I'm so excited to see Captain Cosmos. I hope it gets out of where it is now, development, and actually into production, because that show sounds so cool. Like, I love Golden Age science fiction, love TV. It sounds like it'd be a lot of fun. Well, and I, I think it's really resonant for the time we're in now with the big, as he was talking about, the big media shift. So yeah. uh, I think I think it, it's, it's poised to just do some incredible stuff. History, yay! <laughs> that was the one part I thought sounded boring. <laughs> <laughs> Michael, I think he said he works on 16 shows or something like that. My goodness, these guys have forgotten more about television history than we've ever known. I mean, so, I watch a lot of TV. That's true. <laughs> Oh, these are so fun. Who's next, JR? Uh, yeah, so our, our last three interviews for this episode are Steve Graham, who is one of the co-executive producers of the show, uh, and then we have John Hyams, who directed the first two episodes, and he has actually, as he will say, directed the most episodes of Z Nation total. And what he won't say is that he's been around. His father was a director, did a lot of those uh, Van Damme movies. Uh, John did Universal Soldier and also some episodes of NYPD Blue, Dan told us. So a lot of experience once again. Uh, and then last, we are going to get to sit down with 
uh, Russell Hodgkinson, who plays Doc on the show. So Doc! he's our first cast member, uh, and he's fantastic. If you like Doc, you will love Russell. He is a fantastic guy who's gracious to give us some time as well. So uh, here come the last three interviews. So now we are here on the set of Z Nation with co-executive producer Steve Graham. Thanks for taking a few minutes to chat with us. Of course. When we met you yesterday, you were working on something cool. Um, you get to do more than just even make a TV show. You find creative ways to market this thing. Oh, right. Yeah. The uh, interactive piece that, uh, that Sci-Fi is doing for the website. Do yeah. you enjoy coming up with uh, visual ways to market as well? Of course. I... Part of the the downside of working on a TV show is that it, it becomes all you can do. <laughs> I mean, it's, you know, I, and you're never done, right? Marketing is it's not it's not like you finished your marketing. Oh, you can yeah, always try new things. Done. So I mean, people come up with. I, we have a great team. We have a great marketing team. People come up with cool stuff all the time, like oh, we should do you know riff tracks with uh, an episode, or we should uh, why don't we have T-shirts, or what about you know. Uh, Z-Wacker jewelry or uh, there's great stuff that you know it's all cool but you're at the end of the day the late late end of the day <laughs> you're still you're, you gotta make TV show first yeah so you know I, it's cool to be able to work on this this actually the um, interactive project actually came from um, uh, from Sci-Fi they had a uh, outside marketing I think it's outside but they had a marketing company that came up with a choose your own adventure sort of thing and they have a platform for that and um, and it fit with what we were doing really well and it, we were able just to fold it into our production schedule so it worked well it was fun the it's cast great. seems pretty excited about it we were we interviewed Russ okay. uh, he was like oh it's so cool like they're asking us if we can come you know and uh, did you did you get did it seem like everyone was pretty excited about yeah I'm glad to hear that good <laughs> <laughs> yeah he I mean the way he described it he said he thought it was about the he, coolest thing he seems that, to be pretty excited about a lot of things <laughs> <laughs> Russ is an excitable man <laughs> that's good yeah um, yeah I think people were into it um it was kind of nice because it's a little different from our regular day, and so they, you know, they were getting to kind of go outside of that and, and play around. So yeah, I think it was cool. Can you give us um, your background with the show when you came to Z Nation and all the kinds of things that you're doing? Sure. Um, my producing partner and I, uh, Jody Benstock, have a production company called Go To Digital Media, um, and we've uh, we do a number of things. But we had produced a couple of features for The Asylum, which is the studio that uh, produces Z Nation and Sharknado, and you know, mm -hmm. a, a, quite and a some few Lifetime movies. We heard some Lifetime movies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Is that odd? I, I mean, I I didn't expect that, but yeah. <laughs> and for Animal Planet. And so, animal. Well, there you go. Well, that makes. I mean, Sharknado. I'm surprised it didn't go to Animal. That Park was during first. Shark Week, probably. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think it was Deadly Lamprey or something. Oh wow! Blood Lake, I think it was called. Blood Lake. <laughs> Wait, or that, no, that was on. Blood. That was Hallmark. Yeah, it's. <laughs> yes, and the Women's Network next. So. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they're they're very diverse. They're most of their background is in uh, is in stuff for sci-fi and for lifetime and for uh, direct to home video so uh -huh, uh -huh. lots of features they do 
anywhere from 20 to 25 features a year. Oh, so wow. That's a lot. Yeah. Um, and so this was their first foray into uh, television. And Jody and I, Jody produced uh, Web Therapy, the Lisa Kudrow uh, show for Showtime. Oh, yeah. And so she had directed for Asylum, and we had produced for Asylum, and so it seemed like a you know a good fit uh, for us to work on the, the TV show. So, And it's been a wild ride. Uh, they had they involved Carl Schaefer early on. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's the showrunner and, and you know writer and uh, kind of key crazy person behind all of the <laughs> all of the mayhem that you see on the screen. And uh, he graciously you know uh, opened up and we produced it with him and it's been great. It's been really really cool. So can you talk a little bit? I, everyone that we've talked to has talked about how much bigger season two is. Uh, can you talk about as a producer how you're shepherding the show from the scale of season one into what you guys are doing this season? Sure. I, they started it by saying, uh, congratulations, you have season two. It's the <laughs> same budget. Okay. Uh, oh, by the way, it needs to be huge. Wow. It's so much bigger. And uh, so, I mean, the way that, and that's not really far from the truth. That's pretty much kind of where we are. It's, mm-hmm. it's in the, in and maybe they, people have talked about this, but in the scale of television this is a, a low budget uh, production so uh, it's kind of the new way I mean with uh, shooting with incentives in, in other states than you know places other than LA and doing um, uh, you know obviously the digital revolution has certainly uh, reduced some of those costs um, but also in the blossoming of television outside of, of network and outside of even some of the, the cable channels. This is really this is an independent production. It's for sci-fi, uh, sci-fi network, but it's independently produced. Um, anyway, so the doing, taking what we learned from the first season and finding more efficient ways to do it allowed us to put more on the screen. I guess is probably the if you're asking how we how we shepherd yeah. that and do the do it bigger. But it all starts with the writing. It starts with, uh, I, I know you guys know Dan Merchant uh, yep. and, uh, and Carl Schaefer, and, and I think you've interviewed Craig Engler and Michael we talked Cassett. To, we talked to Carl and John Hyams. Um, right. Yeah. John and, and Michael Cassett and, and uh, I'm forgetting a writer. Oh, Jen Derwingson, who's here today, and a couple of others. Um, it's, uh, it's a bigger show. It's, um, it's cool. You've established the world in the first season. The second season, they kind of start playing with... Uh, you know, the the actors know their characters. They're bringing stuff to it. The writers are know the locations, and so they're writing to the locations. And what you end up with is, um, you know, more action and, and bigger things because we're more comfortable in our skin and more comfortable in the locations. And it's it's cool. It's been a lot. Of fun. Is it is it a challenge in television, like in so many other areas, to avoid a sophomore slump, where you've kind of had, you get to introduce all this fun new world building, and then. Once some of your big early hits are out there, you, you've got to find a way to stay fresh. Is it a challenge in television to stay good, I, to stay I, like that in a second? Carl would be a better person to answer that. This is uh, my first sophomore year uh, with television. Okay. <laughs> well, actually, web therapy is the fifth season, so uh, and I, it's a similar issue there in that we had such a big story to tell. Uh, that I mean, it was we Carl arced it for five seasons to begin with. Uh, and we actually, the arc that was set for the first season, um, the really it, the way it's panning out is we're getting to the end of that arc at the second end of the second mm. season. So, I, in terms of storytelling, no, there's 
way more story to tell. Mm -hmm. And as, again, those characters are maturing and they're finding more out about sort of the world as we go, uh, there's all these new avenues to explore and and things going on. So um, in terms of finding material, absolutely not. I mean, I I have to let everyone else speak to whether it's, you know, how successful it is. But uh, I'm blown away and completely thrilled with, with the first few episodes for season two. It seems in a lot of ways like, again, what, what we've just heard over and over and over from every person at every level that we've talked to is how much passion, how much love, how much commitment there is to to excellence at whatever level, you know. Yeah. Um, are, I, that, that, that has to come from you guys down, right? Like this desire to find people who are going to give 110%. I hope. I mean, yeah. I Sure. Yes, I'll say that. Of course. <laughs> it's all us. No, I, I, we've been extraordinarily fortunate to find the, the crew and the cast that we have. I, I you know, uh, somebody's living well, you know, do, doing the right things because we've really been smiled upon that way. Um, you know, I, I'd like to think that it came from, you know, from a philosophy of, of working with people that we like and that we respect and uh, not working with jerks mm-hmm. and, uh, and we don't have jerks on the, on the set and, it, uh, and everybody is genuinely everyone genuinely cares about the outcome they're not, there's no one here that is here just for the paycheck um, I mean you know, that's part of it but it's, uh, we're here because we're making cool stuff you can tell when people are just doing something for a paycheck and when yeah. there's a real love as well I mean I think this show is definitely the latter yeah well and we I mean we don't we're under no illusion it's a zombie movie a zombie show you know right. it's we know what we're making but uh, and hopefully the writers have t- talked about this in some regard we're, we get to touch on on human stories as well I mean it's on, under a backdrop of mayhem and some silliness and stuff like that and you can enjoy the show on that level but there's uh there's real uh character interaction and human drama at the middle of those things too and it, it you know and you know, then we blow something up <laughs> <laughs> well who doesn't like that right <laughs> but i think that's part of it that makes people go oh this is they kind of made me think about my humanity wait a minute you fooled me. Mm-hmm. That's right. You gotta blow something up right then, so they don't right. get to. Yeah. But that, I think the passion I think comes from that that people see that we're, you know, that we like what we're doing. We feel like we're putting something out there that's not just a mindless. Uh, it's a little bit mindless. A but little, a, you little know, mindless. Yeah. Not, not just a romp, but something more to it. Well, I think that's you know it's really funny that every most of the people we've talked to have talked about the show not having as much money as various other shows. But it's incredibly entertaining. Good. Like, we all love the show. We all watched everything in the first season, and we're really looking forward to the, to the next one. Good. So you guys are doing great great work. Thank you. Thanks for doing it. And thanks for joining us. Uh, we'll let you get back to work, but of we course. really appreciate you taking the time. It's, uh, I, thanks for coming, and I hope you uh, enjoy season two. Yeah. All right. <laughs> thanks, Steve. Thanks. Nice to see you guys. You guys looping today? Yeah, yeah, super fun. You know, we're laughing at each other pretty that's, hard. That's always the best. It's the most fun part of the whole process. That's what you hear. I mean, it was because yeah. for us coming in, you know, it's like, oh, we get to play it. It's filmmaking today. Yeah, yeah. To imagine that you've been doing this every day for so many years is pretty awesome. Well, it, it is fun, but like I say, there's so many different parts of the process, like the you know production, which is its own thing. It is exciting, but charged, and there's the clock, and there's money's ticking away. So. 
production is its own animal. Then you get to post-production here where it's like, there's always a little, there's a little less like panic going on here uh, because you have a little more time. You're sort of refining everything and you're spit shining it. You're doing finishing work. And for some reason, of all the parts of the process, all of which I enjoy, something about loop group where you basically get a group of your buddies into a room and you're like, okay, you're in a battle and now you're getting shot and your leg's getting blown off. And it's just like you and your buddies in a recording booth and you all sit and watch one guy go, ah! ah! Exactly you yeah, JR and I were having a little competition on who could die the most. Right. The best. The best. Who could die the best? Kind of, yeah. yeah. Which is weird because I ended up winning. You died the most? Well, we'll, uh, we'll do some screams later in the show and the audience can decide. Yeah, yeah exactly. I mean, you all, we all take pride in our, in our uh, grunt tracks and stuff. I've done a fair amount of it myself. It's pr- I think it's the part of the process I'm actually best at. <laughs> Laying down a grunt track, I'm pretty good. Right, do you guys have competitions in house on grunt tracks? I mean, look, we all like I, I can nail it on the first take pretty often. Uh-huh. Yeah. Are you the master? Like, are you undisputed? Uh, <laughs> there's some better one. Well, let's put it this way: there's some actors who are really good at like okay. doing their own stuff. Yeah. But you know, when you get down to it, after a while, it's just you and like the sound designer who are spending hours in there, and you're like, man, we need grunts for this guy. Okay, so one or the other of you is walking in there. It's usually me because he needs to actually hit record, mm-hmm. and then. But the two of us, like our sound guy, the sound company that we're working with, the guys that I've worked with for a long time, and done this this kind of uh, goofiness with for for years. And so Neil, who's downstairs, yeah, him and I have done like features where you know where we've done you know grunt tracks and death tracks for like literally 50 different characters (laughs) pitch changing our voices and stuff to make them work so i think between him and i we have a little bit of a competition so we are now here with director john hyams yeah and you have worked on z nation dan merchant tells us you've kind of got the ranking number of episodes under your belt here on the show yeah, pretty much. I was like, you know, I came on last year um, to direct episode one and two, which was what, that was what I was originally, the deal was going to be. But then, you know, last year was, we were sort of all diving into the fire and learning as we went. And so eventually it was like, there was, there was then another episode, episode six rolled around. They needed to slot someone. I don't know if they already had someone and that person fell through. I think it was something like that. So then I got, got slotted in for six and then they needed someone for eight. They're like, why don't you stick around for eight? So I did six <laughs> and eight, you know, so it kind of went that way. And then I would uh, direct, we did uh, a bunch of, um, a bunch of stuff in the show is with the actor DJ Qualls, which we actually block shoot. His material, meaning we shoot all his episodes work in like a four-day time period spread out a few times throughout the season. So I did, directed the stuff with him last year and then like then did the season finale. So last year I did like five episodes. And this year uh, I'll have directed four, but I got the opportunity to write a couple of them too. So write and direct um, two of them, which was cool. really, really a lot of fun. One of, the, one of the things we wanted to ask you about is on a show like Z Nation, it's so clear you guys are having a lot of fun, and it's like a little movie every week in a lot of ways, but obviously you don't have millions of dollars per episode, I'm guessing. Like, how do you, how do you balance the budget with 
the big action and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, I mean, that's the challenge right there, is that it is like, you know, you have to go into it like it's a low-budget movie every week. The only... Um, the only thing that's tougher than a low-budget movie is that we have very condensed prep time, you know, the time between when you receive the script, and not even just you, but when the, all the department heads, when you're able to get in there with the department heads and prep a show, that's a very condensed time period. So one way or the other, it's a very seat of your pants. Um, it's, it's a lot of improvising, and... The key to doing stuff on a low budget, well, especially thing that involves action or, or effects and gags, is you need preparation. So that's kind of your, that's your dilemma, and it's something like Dan and I are doing, and all the directors and producers are doing every day is try trying to figure out what we can do. What are the things that we can do well that are going to require, in a strange way the least amount of man hours to deliver the most bang for your buck on screen. I mean, in a simple sense, horror movies are often low budget, right? Because yeah. horror, suspense is cheap. And so is horror. Like, you can do, you don't need a lot of, uh, you don't need a lot to have a person walking alone in a hallway with a flashlight Perfect. and make that spooky, you know? And so that's like... Some cat special effects, which <laughs> right. you can probably do, right? You can do the loop. I mean, you need sounds. You need... Uh, yes, we can do... I can do cat voices. Fantastic. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> I'm not going to do it for you now. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we got to watch but the I show. But I can, yeah. Cats I get paid yeah. for that. Yeah. But... Uh, <laughs> So you start from that place. Is like, what, what can we do effectively that is cheap? Cheap meaning going to take up the least amount of your day because in each day we we're, we're have to shoot X number of pages. If we have a six-day shooting schedule and our script is 56 pages, so you're shooting around a minimum of, of you know, generally eight, but it, then it can add up to maybe 12 pages in some days. So... It starts with trying to work with the writers of the scripts or with Carl Schaefer, who's the creator, is who you're really working with, to amend the scripts so that it's something that we can do well versus something that, that we can't do as well. And that is, uh, you know, the writers, it's their, it's their, not only their prerogative, it's kind of their job to just kind of dream up anything they can. And it's yeah. our job to interpret that in a way that can be done well. You know, and that's kind of the often been our our goal here is like let's do things that we can do well rather than just doing a lot of things. And in some cases we really succeed in that. In some cases we overstep our, our bounds. You know, we overstep our reach or whatever the the term is. You know, we're we we're a little overly ambitious, and that's kind of the part of last season's learning curve. I think is like mm-hmm. noticing what we did well when we kind of hit our sweet spot of this script and this idea and how that translated to a schedule. Um, and I think this season, in many ways, we've been more ambitious, but we have a, we're a lot better at knowing like how this thing runs and how to make the most out of our schedule and make the most out of our crew, because there is a certain point where you can kind of run people into the ground. And, uh, and we hit that each season. There's a point at which all right, everyone is kind of beat up a little bit because it's punishing locations and punishing hours and, and there are no easy days ever on this show there's never a 
There's never a day where it's like a couple There's dialogue never, like, scenes. Five or six episodes just sitting on a farm. Or like <laughs> <laughs> no, there's never even a scene. It's like you can have like the peaceful scene, and then it's interrupted by like then like several zombies show up, and this guy's like decapitated, and this guy's you know needs to have his whatever is shot in the head. I mean, there's there are certain days here where you can't believe you're like, I'm trying to get through this dialogue scene, but now. We need to like stop because this is where she's gonna bring out like you know the, the 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 giant machete and then she's gonna swing it. Okay, now we have to get the other machete that is a half machete that wraps and goes into the guy's body, and now we have to do the blood effect, and now we got to slip a green screen in there, and it's like before you know it, you've spent two hours and we got through an eighth of a page. So it's like oh okay, now we got to charge. So it is, I mean. It is a it's a constant like crazy challenge every day and it and it there's no doubt it's kind of nice like I don't know how our crew does it quite frankly because we're like as directors we go in there and we have this intense shooting week which by the end of it you're like I'm done you know like I'm tapping out on that last day and then I get to go and like sleep in and you know go to the office and look at start working on the cut it's a whole different vibe whereas like there's an entire crew of people that they just get up and do it again just, yeah like our DP you know Alex Yellen he's just doing this every day he's involved in every shot of every episode and if you watch these episodes they're you know they're bananas so John um, I know that a lot of a lot of our listeners are rabid media consumers but they don't do a lot of the production side of it uh, what is like your cocktail party? What does a director do? Answer. Uh, what does a director do? The director is kind of like the football coach, I would say. Uh, you have a crew that involves a um, uh, that crew that involves a series of department heads. So there's a bunch of different departments. There's the electrics department, meaning everyone involved in lights and anything involved that's shining a light on something. You have the camera department starts with the director of photography, the camera operator, the camera assistants, you know, you have a wardrobe department, you have all these different departments that are coming together to work on this thing and it's the, the director's job to basically take the script, what's on the page, and interpret that and translate that information to all the department heads. You're basically designing the plays, you know, and uh, and you're designing the plays, and then the players, the actors, and the crew are going to go out and execute. And uh, and you have to adjust. If the running game isn't working, then you got to get the passing game going. You know, whatever it might be. So you are, and it is like a football coach because you're you're. It's up to you to. You're either going to win or lose the game. You know, the, everyone can't kind of save it from you. Mm-hmm. You are. Your hand is in everything that happens, and it's in every macro decision. It's also you're picking out the color of the drapes and you're deciding where a cut is going to fall, and you're deciding where a sound effect is going to come in. So it's, it's, an incre- it's a job where you have to have the big picture in your mind all the time of how, uh, because when you're shooting a TV show or a film, you're doing it out of sequence, and you're basically collecting a bunch of little tiny moments uh, that are going to all, we're, ta- we're making a 42-minute show, we're spending you know, 12 hours a day for six straight days shooting, collecting material, shooting a bunch of material. So shooting a bunch of different little pieces that all have to go together. 
So the actors may not know. I mean, you could be shooting scene 25 at the beginning. You could be shooting the last scene on the first day of the shoot. Mm -hmm. So it's also your job to keep the actors' performances where they're where they need to be. I mean, obviously, it's almost like on the most basic level, the director is the person who has to get the actors and the performers where they need to be and keep their. You're, you're saying action, you're saying cut, and you're deciding when we got what we when we're moving on to the next setup. But I say all the department heads because it's really everybody. It's not just the actors. It's you know the actors. The way I look at it are. They each have their own department, and their department is their character. So if you're, you know, uh, Kalita Smith, you play the uh, character of Warren. Her department is Warren, basically. Okay. So, you know, when she comes to the set every day, she knows where her character is supposed to be, what she's done prior, and she's going to bring up questions to you. Well, you know, that doesn't seem like the right reaction because, quite frankly, she is more invested in her individual character than you are. Every actor is invested in their character, and, and the production designer is invested in his department. It's your job to kind of get all those people working together because you have to kind of create this thing that is a story from start to finish. Well, you certainly have a busy job. Last question, maybe 30 seconds. Can yes. you give people what they should be looking for in season two? Well, I think season two is, um, I think in every way we've sort of stepped up our game this season I think you know I can speak personally from like my you know department and when what we do uh, that I think technically the show is just better from a craftsmanship level um, I think it's uh, I think it is in many ways found its voice even and and didn't just rest on our laurels from last year like we didn't take just the aesthetic things that we laid down last year and said let's just do more of the same mm -hmm. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. I think we kept trying to push it. And uh, and in doing so, we're going to succeed really well in some episodes and fall a little more fall a little short in other episodes. But I think that's kind of the identity of the show is that we're going to keep trying to really surprise the viewer. And each episode is almost its own little... With, even though there's consistent characters and consistent tone, they're all almost their own self-contained little movie that take you in wildly different genres that we cover and some are incredibly dramatic and dark some are just absurd and ridiculous <laughs> and hilarious you know some are you know we we kind of deal we run the gamut some are just really funny and some are horrifying some are kind of you know very solitary character dramas and you know some are just huge action spectacles so i think People who tune into the show this year will even more so than last year are going to get, you know, something totally different each week. So. Awesome. That's why we love the show. Thank yeah. you so much. Thank you, guys. All right. Take it easy. All right. Well, we are here with Russ Hodgkinson, who plays Doc on Z Nation. Can I say... My favorite character. Yeah, sure. Yeah, you can yeah, definitely yeah. say that. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Great to meet you, Russ. Thanks for taking a few minutes to chat with us about the show in season two. My pleasure. How much is it all pretty much done filming for you? Uh, no, four more episodes. 
Oh, so, wow. So, spoiler, you made it through the uh, <laughs> Yes, and Doc lives, but will, will he live through the season? We don't know yeah. yet. <laughs> so you don't know from episode to episode, right? We really don't. Wow. And I will not be asking for a bigger trailer or... <laughs> seriously, they will just bite your ass and you'll be off the show. <laughs> so, yeah. Now, before the pre uh, in the pre-show, we're uh, you mentioned that the elevator scene from last season, which was one of Doc's biggest moments, yeah. was actually your audition scene. Right. Yeah. So, how did you hear about the show? I mean, I, I was just you know I live in Seattle. I'm a Pacific Northwest actor, and uh, they just said, "Look, we're doing a t- they're doing a television series here in Washington State, and they're opening up the auditions to local actors." I'm like, "Yeah, right." But you know, they're going to cast me. They're going to go to L.A. and get all their actors from L.A. and they're going to use us as leverage, you know, to try to get them to do it for cheaper. Well, we got this guy that'll do it for this amount. Mm-hmm. You know, so I just, we, all of us in Seattle just thought it was just bullshit. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> well, we auditioned, of course, you know, anyway, why not? It's always good to audition. And um, when I saw the role, I just was like, this, this is me. I, there's, no, <laughs> there's nobody that I know that could do this better than I could. I, so I thought, well, I'm just going to, just you know, do it. And I had just bought a cell phone, uh, a new iPhone, and so um, I didn't want to pay anybody to take me because I wanted to have enough time to get it right. So I just taped myself. I just put the phone on the table, and uh, did it over and over and over until it was like two in the morning, and I was like bleary eyed, so I looked totally stoned. <laughs> which was really good. And then by two in the morning, I knew the lines. Yeah. I didn't have to worry. So so I just did it, and I said, I finally got the tape that I wanted. And I just like send, and I, I said, and I just. You know, let go of it and just said, that's it. If they can find somebody better for it, good. <laughs> good for them. But I would like to know who that is. Cause, yeah. so and they obviously and didn't. Then they called yeah. me then. And then I got the call. It was amazing. Uh, yeah. Well deserved. That's great. It I cried like... a little bit. <laughs> I, I kind of cried yeah. a little bit. Oh, that's that's awesome. Like, it was like one of those moments, you know. I was like, oh my God, my life is about to change. Is this your first regular show? Well, you know, I've been guest star. I've guest starred on Grimm and I've guest starred on Leverage. And, okay. Um, done lots of indie films, but primarily I'm a theater actor. You know, okay. that's where I got my start. Theater. Cool. So you do a lot of theater in Seattle still? Uh, not or really. Not, now, not, any, not anymore. But um, I had my run. I had a good okay. run in Seattle. I would say. Nice. So why is Doc so important to the group? Uh, I kind of think he's the heart of the group. You know, in, in many ways, um, he kind of he gets along with everybody. He's got. You know, empathy for Murphy's situation where I don't think anybody else really does. Mm-hmm. I get it. I mean, he didn't ask to be in that situation, and that could have easily been me, right? I mean, I probably did some jail time. You know, so <laughs> right. so I just I just have always kind of felt empathy towards Murphy, and and I kind of brought that myself. Actually, it wasn't mm-hmm. necessarily the way it was going to go, but it's interesting when I first met Keith. And I, we had our first read-through. I saw where he was going with that character. Mm-hmm. Way more cynical, way more um, uh, snarky, sort of. And I thought, i got to do something else because we can't both be that guy. Because I thought that's what I would be doing as the old curmudgeon or mm-hmm. whatever, you know. So I thought, i got to go somewhere else, man. So I just started doing sincere, man. Just going sincerity, kind of... You know, slightly vacuous, and then then I kind of started doing the hippie thing, and then they started giving me more dudes and bros and lines <laughs> that, and I started you know just asking, well, can, can I say it like this? Can I try it like that? And you know, it's been amazing to have that kind of input uh, because I've done you know lots of roles and stuff, but to to be able to help shape a character and to help develop a character, amazing, really cool opportunity for me. That's awesome. Yeah, and it seems like it seems like. The whole cast just has a lot of fun on the show. Is it? It's we, a pretty good time. It's cool. There's like, no assholes in the group. Nice. We like everybody. I like everybody. That's everybody's great. Super cool. We're all good friends, and 
look after each other. I think there's a, a I think it shows too our camaraderie. You know, yeah, like our for team sure. is really tight. And you know, it breaks our heart when we have to say goodbye to somebody too. Yeah. It's so hard. It's so like, what? Oh yeah, God. what does that look like in like? Because you, as you said, you don't find out at the beginning of the season. You know, so and so's gone in episode six or whatever. Yeah. So I mean, do you? You all have to grieve together. Is there a going away party? Do you There's like- always a little going away something, you know. Well, well when Tom Everett Scott was on, um, we knew he wasn't going to last because we, they couldn't afford him. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, we knew that was happening. He, he, you know, signed up for a certain amount of episodes, and so we knew that was happening. And um, I got a trailer upgrade when he left, so I, I, didn't, I didn't shed a tear. But, I, but, I, but I, he's an amazing guy. He's such yeah. a cool guy. We love him. And... Um, uh, but you know, there's been a couple others that that will be leaving. You'll see that um, are pretty sad yeah. and pretty emotional. Cool. And um, are you scared when you get the script and you start reading, or do you flip to the end to see if Doc's still in there? <laughs> Maybe using lines at the end. <laughs> I, I did. I did at first because I wasn't really sure. But now I feel really confident that um, that I'm going to be around. I feel like I will be. You know, I think I'm a pretty integral part of the group and. And um, I don't know. I'm not really worried. And if, and if it does happen, it's just meant to be. And I'm meant to move on to do my spinoff. Call right. me, uh, yeah. What's up, Doc? <laughs> or, uh, Doc against so, the apocalypse. So <laughs> what, what can you tell us about Doc this season? Uh, he's way more of a badass. I fight more. Uh, just like really a real scrapper. You'll see, you'll see a whole new Doc this season. Seriously. Uh, there's there's more weed. <laughs> is there a correlation there? Well, not really. Like no. no, you know, I pitched the idea that you know, what if Doc grew some marijuana using dead zombies as compost oh, and called it Z-weed? Uh. And so the writers were like, "Oh hell yeah, let's do that!" So they they totally loved the idea and they they embraced it. And there's the whole friggin' episode. Side effects. Seaweed. Well, you know, you'll see. Tune in. Oh, oh man. Uh, it definitely affects the zombies in a different way than it affects uh, you know, Oh, my civilians. gosh. So it's going to be super cool. That's I'm already awesome. having T-shirts made. I'm <laughs> yes. all over that shit, you know. Oh, that's yeah. funny. Yeah. Well, Russ, we are so thankful that you took some time to chat with us. Oh, We're really excited for yeah. season two and looking forward to see what becomes of Doc and his Z-weed. Yeah, it's going to be off the hook, guaranteed. <laughs> if you like season one, you're going to love season two. Awesome. Yeah. Lots of cool guest stars, too. Right on. Thank you. Awesome. Oh, man. I just love this show. I love Doc. I... It was kind of cool how that happened. We were set up and we knew we were going to talk to a couple of folks. And right then the actors were kind of rolling back into town and getting ready to do a table read, like right downstairs. So we're waiting to see someone come in the door and all of a sudden it's Doc. That was so fun. Uh, Well... Hopefully you've had a chance to see Z Nation. If you haven't, it is available to stream on Netflix, probably on Amazon Instant as well. Um, it, it's well worth picking up if you don't have access to those. It's 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 definitely a blind buy for me. If you like zombies at all, uh, if you like The Walking Dead, you'll love Z Nation. Uh, you've it, heard about how what what sets the show apart. Yeah, and, and what we're going to see in season two. I mean, season two sounds like it's just going to be a tremendous amount of fun, and really not like anything we've seen on television before. And we've been told that if you're only going to watch two zombie shows, make sure that one of them is Z Nation. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Yeah, forget about that Fear the Walking Dead stuff. Like, <laughs> or forget about the regular one. Yeah, yeah either <laughs> one. Like you pay. can follow Matt and forget about Walking Dead, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't we, even know about that. There's show. so much more coming up this season on Storyman. You guys, we have. 
big, big, big guests coming down the road that we can't talk about yet. Uh, we're not finished with Z Nation. Uh, Dan sat down with us for a couple of the episodes he directed and talked with us about specific things in those episodes. We're obviously not going to release those until those episodes launch because they are packed with spoilers. Uh, so you're going to be able to look forward to that as well. And uh, we're almost out of time. We, we might have appeared on one of the episodes. Maybe. It's possible. Uh, before, In a way that our listeners will appreciate. Yes. Very yes. much so, yeah. Um, before we go, fellas, I think we would be remiss if we didn't end Storyman 100 with one of our fan-favorite installments. The pop culture pick of the week. Poopa! Pop culture pick of the week. So, uh, Aaron, hey, since you're not usually on this side of the mic, what is your papow for this week? Um, yeah, I, I also am a zombie enthusiast, um, and so I think for me, there's this show, I started watching it last year, it's called Z Nation. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Um, great show, um, available on Netflix, actually, so oh, feel tip. free, catch up, it's actually starting up in about a month here, so a little bit less, so... Start binge watching on the nice. weekends, and so you can get caught up, up before yeah, season two definitely. launches. Okay. So great. it's going to be available, great. and season two is going to be phenomenal. So get that backstory in before it starts. Matt, what about you? Well, you know, I'm not, <clears throat> I'm not like a gigantic zombie fan. Like I like them okay, but uh, I really enjoy Z Nation. Really, I like it a lot. I hmm. do. It's funny. It's uh, enjoyable. It's got an upbeat, positive opinion about how the apocalypse can be, in some sense, overcome. That it's survivable. Uh, and yeah, I love it. I think it's fun. Nice. You know, I, I was trying to think really hard for this episode, like of all of the pop culture stuff out there, what what am I going to go with? Mm. You know, there's still a few great movies out right mm. now. I've been reading some awesome books this summer. There's been some great new TV shows coming sure. out. Um, but, but I thought if there's only one thing I could talk about, uh, in pop culture that I think everyone who listens to Storyman would absolutely love. It's this show, uh, Z Nation, that's on the Spotify oh, mm-hmm. channel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Incredible. Yeah. Uh, it's it's funny, it's fun, it's pretty creative, mm-hmm. uh, and they're ramping up for a season two that's launching in a couple weeks that's that's just going to raise the bar past anything we've seen, I think, on any zombie movie, TV show, anything so far. So, yeah, I think huh. anyone listening would absolutely love Z Nation. That's my, that's my pop culture pick of the week. What about you, Clay? I'll check that one out. I'm going to go in a little different direction. But uh, for me, it's it's really um, it's a show that's on Sci-Fi that I just have come to love, and season one now of Z Nation is available oh, on Netflix. Oh, nice! I've heard about that show. Yeah, uh, and I just cannot wait until September 11th when uh, season two gets ready to come back because Fantastic. I think that um, it's going to become the clear number one zombie show ever. I already feel that it is um, the number one show going right now. And they're doing some exciting stuff. So Z Nation would be my pow for this week. Well, there you have it, folks. Uh, that's Storyman episode 100. Uh, next week, when we'll be back with episode 101, we're actually going to talk about the rest of our Portland trip. We learned a lot of invaluable life lessons. <laughs> we've, been, we've been keeping track of them. And so we're going to recount them for you and, and tell you how we learned all of these things that, frankly, I, I would say were life-changing lessons for, for many of us. <laughs> We, we all, a good time was had by all, but more importantly, lessons were learned. Lessons were learned. Right. And We've knowing is half the battle. As human beings. So, uh, 
thank you as always for listening. Thank you, Tim, for making it to 100 episodes with us. We're really grateful for your support. We couldn't do this without you guys. And uh, please, please, please check out Z Nation if you haven't already. If you have, give them a tweet. Uh, we'll put links in the show notes to all the people we've interviewed, how you can get a hold of them on social media. Reach out, let them know that you're a fan of the show. Um, they love what they're doing. And over and over and over, what we heard was that their favorite part of the show was hearing from the fans. So please reach out to them. Let them know you're having a good time uh, and loving what they're doing, supporting what they're doing. In the meantime, we'll be back next week with another episode. Woo! On the March to 200! And next week's Storyman 101, which sounds classy and we're going to learn things. Uh-huh.